0: This is the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 125. Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast, episode number 125 of the show. Excited for my guest today. He is the COO of a really well-known institutional pizzeria here in Boston, where I'm home-based out of. Uh, Regina Pizza has been around forever. I actually started working there. When I was 15 or 16, and that's where I learned how to make pizza for the first time. I think I started there. Uh, It was my first job really in the restaurant industry. Loved making pizza, and I really learned how to make pizza there for the first time. So I'm excited to have him on the show today. Before we get into that, takeoutprinting.com, your one stop shop for restaurant printing takeout menus from menus to t shirts to flyers. They've been in business for over 30 years, and we've teamed up with them to give you the listener of the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast exclusive deals, but you have to go to takeoutprinting.com forward slash SPM to get those exclusive deals. We worked out tons of great deals with them. Mike, the great guy over there, Uh, anything you need, menus, flyers, any amount, anything you need printed wise, he's going to hook you up. And if you say, actually, if you go to that link and, or say you're a listener of the smart pizza marketing podcast, he's going to give you some very special pricing on the show Today, I have Anthony, who is the COO of Pizzeria Regina here in Boston. We're going to talk about how Pizzeria Regina got started, how they've grown, how they've pivoted. They used to be heavily into mall food courts. When I started working there, and I'm not going to date myself, but it's a long time ago, uh, they were really investing heavily into dominating, kind of like what Sabaros did uh, in the 90s and 2000s, is dominate the food courts. That's where everybody was hanging out. That's where the attention was, and that's where they dominated. And since all this internet stuff has happened. They've had to pivot a little bit and kind of pull away from being in the food courts and get back into being more restaurant style of an operation. And and we talk about how they did that, how they pivoted from that and why Uh, we talk about why their business model has changed, how they use a commissary to kind of feed all of their restaurants, how they find employees. They have over 600 employees. How do they do that? How they're using social media to really build relationships with their customers and all that good stuff. So listen to this episode. At the end of the show, we'll go over a few more things and wrap it up. But if you're interested, real quick, in our mastermind group, uh, we have a few spots open. Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind for that. This is a group of individuals who are business owners or entrepreneurs who want to grow businesses and are extremely hyper-focused and really action takers. So if this sounds like you, and you want to be involved in a great group of people who are really looking to help Grow businesses, their own and yours. Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com dot com forward slash mastermind for that. All right, let's get into this great episode with Anthony of Regina Pizza in Boston. Um, yes. So I want to know, like, just give a brief background of how
1: Pizzeria Regina got started. Well, I, you know, it it, it got started back in nineteen twenty six, and basically, you know, back then. It was all about having fresh quality, fresh product, making the dough, have the dough age, you know, that type of situation. But uh, way back then, when it started, uh, across the street from the Pizzeria Regina was a grocery store that was owned by the Polcari's, the Polkari family. Uh-huh. And the Polcari family back then used to supply the Pizzeria Regina with wine and oil. Back then, those grocery stores used to sell wine. You know, that type, tomatoes and all that stuff. Uh, what had happened was back, uh, back then, I think uh, that the original person that opened it up had two sons, and they didn't want to be part of the, of the restaurants at all, part of the Regina's. So Mr. Polcari at the time took it over because he had his sons that were at war and they were coming back from war. This is uh, the, the the senior uh, Pokhari, yeah. and he took it over back then. It was actually in the forties, and he put his son Tony Pokhari into the Reginas, and from that point on, they just kept doing the same exact thing. And they would supply the tomatoes, and you know, and the cheese, and the wine, and the oil, and so on. And then from back then, you know, Mister Pokhari at the time, everything had to be fresh, so we would make all the dough. They would make all the dough on premises. They would cut the mushrooms, and they would grind the tomatoes, and and so on and so forth. So, as the years went on, it was this little hidden jewel in the north end of Boston, where just the locals would come in and know about it. And then I think right around the seventies, late I would say the seventies, late seventies, when when things started uh, up up um, these apartment buildings and things were turning, it started. It was the first time the North then ever heard things like a condo, or right. a building being renovated, and then other, you know, and then other people would come into the North End to live, uh, and and at that point, you know, a lot of them were students, and you all, you know, you would have their parents who have gone to school in Boston, and now it's their children, and those children now probably in their late fifties, you know, right, uh, and and they, and that's how it started. Then it started to become a tourist attraction. And we were still the little hidden jewel. But during the years, what happened was we knew we had to change a little bit. We couldn't be that little hidden jewel in the North End and just, uh, you know, and have the restaurant just for the locals. Because at that time now, when buildings are going up, condos are coming in, most of the locals are moving out and selling their property. So now you have new a new generation in, uh, of uh, guests coming in into the city. So you had to change and you had to please everyone. It wasn't just, well, the pizza regime is just for Italians. No, right. <laughs> it's for everyone. So that's what happened. It just started changing. Um, and back then we still did the same thing with quality and everything was that uh, with Tony polcari Anthony polcari, his thing was, if I can't give a fresh product, I will give nothing at all. So he would do it all. He would, he would make the dough. He would make the pizza. He would, you know, he would do everything, wait in the tables, clean, hit do the bar. And he passed that down because it was family at the time. And he passed that right down. And you know, and and so today, I mean, we just kept growing and growing. But as we grew, we knew we didn't want to grow too quick. Because when you grow too quick, you lose control. And we've done that. And, you know, we had people saying they wanted a franchise. Well, we tried that. It didn't work because you don't have control. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was people who'd come in and say, well, let's open up uh, in Kentucky. Let's open up in uh, – let's go. We went to Vegas. Let's open up, you know, in different areas. But in order to do it, we had to get the product there. And believe it or not, when you make your dough – You can't make dough in Florida. We opened the Florida. You can't use the water. You can't use the water in California. You can't use it. So we had to figure out a way on how do we make the dough and how can we hold this dough and make it the same uh, to try to ship it. And then, as you know, when you ship dough and you make it and you hold it and so on, it's money on top of money on top of money. Right. But over the years, we pulled back the reins and we said, let's start from where we are. Let's pick locations that means something to us, and we can have control, and then try to branch out. And then in the meantime, as we're doing that, we found ways of making our dough, how to stabilize the dough, how to age it, uh, and then to move forward. And then really get people who really wanted uh, Regina Pizza, or if they wanted to be part of us, they would have to be restaurateurs, To know It wasn't, you know, you can have someone that has, you know, $50 million and they want to know when we weren't interested in that. We were interested in someone that knew about restaurants and there were conscientious about opening restaurants. How many locations do you have now? Are you up to now? Right now, we're up to about 15, 16, 17, I believe. Wow. We do have, um, we do license. We'll do a license agreement. So right now, we did a license agreement with Foxwoods Casino. And we've been with them now for about five years, six years, a license agreement. And they had to learn our way. Uh, we did a license agreement with uh, the Children's Hospital. So we've been with them now uh, going on three years. And, you know, we're a proud supporter of the Children's Hospital. Uh, we do uh, the old pavilion, uh, which is the the old Bank of Boston pavilion that's down in the waterfront when they do the concerts. Yep. So we do that. It's right around where Legal Seafood is. So we do... A deal down there that we uh, we supply all the pizzas. We work with them for those concerts. And now, just as we're speaking right now, uh, we're in a deal that will be the proud sponsor of uh, of the Boston Red Sox.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So You're going to be in, the, starting, in Fenway Park?
1: Yeah, starting this year. Uh, April 3rd is the first day, and we will supply – we will be doing, pizza, doing Regina Pizza – and the whole Fenway Park will be the only pizza. That's great. So that was the deal we've been working on. Yeah, it's still going, and we have, like, I don't know, four, five, six weeks left, you know, yeah. before opening day. So, I mean, that's what's happening. So, you know, when you, when you do the quality and you take your time and you figure out what's the best way to do it, then, you know, you, you grow slow. But if you grow slow and you watch the quality, then you become a better product. And, and you know, I mean, working even in the malls, The mall situations are different. We went into that situation because of slices. But the malls today, ah, food court used to be the number one thing. If you went to a mall, you're in the food court. So what was the biggest draw? The food court was the draw for the mall. And then in the food court, it was always pizza. Well, today, it's not that. Today, it's different. It's all the outside outside people coming in. Uh, You would have uh, either... uh, Food court's dying. No one wants to go into a food court. I don't care how great your product is. It's still, you got to attract the guests to come in there. Right. People want to sit down. They want to relax. So that's been, that's like past phase. So we're trying to, you know, try to get out of the food court and start opening pad sites. Do you think that the, do you think
0: the whole internet thing with shopping kind of hurt the malls a little bit where it's, you know, maybe people don't, Where that used to be the excursion, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people used to go to the mall to go shopping, and now with the whole Amazon and all the internet availability, that people don't go out to the mall for that specific reason as much?
1: Yes. You know, what we've noticed, if you notice over maybe, I would say at least the past 10 years when it started, we started noticing because we're always big on Black Friday. Yeah. And when that happened, wow, the Black Friday, we would open up at midnight and be busy until the next midnight, open be 24 hours, you know, just kind of what's going on here. And is everything online shopping was the biggest thing. And today, when you have the parents and so on, you know, most parents, they both have to work today. Then they don't have that much time to take the kids out. And if they do take them out someplace, which is more quality time, I mean, I, I think it's going to be something different than taking them to a food court, you know? Yeah. And and I think that's what's happening. It's been changing. But you can see it's a big drag on the malls. And these indoor malls, nah, you can be home. You can be relaxing. You can have quality time with your children and go someplace else with them, you know? Right. More educational so on. Exactly. But it's done. It, it's been – it's crazy. It's really, really crazy, you know, how it's changed over the years.
0: Now, Pizzeria Regina is more of a – uh, family-style eat-in. Well, you know you have your, your food court locations, but you don't deliver in any of your locations, do you? Yes, we do. Oh, what do? we do
1: is we have the food court. Yep. The food court, we do slices. We do... We were one of the first ones, believe it or not, to do curbside. We were very big on curbside because being in the mall, we've asked the mall, it's a big pocket lot can we have the curbside out there? And we would have... So that the the guests that would come for slices... We're completely different than the guests that order a whole pizza. The whole pizza may be mom or dad. Hey, on the way home, can you get a pizza? So we made it easy. Call us up. We'll have it ready. Guaranteed when promised, we said. We say to them. When you get there, back then, we didn't have the little monitors. Just give us a call. We used to call it Southside. Give us a call on your phone. Right. Give us a call or something. We'll bring it down to you. And then we had the little monitors. We'll see you. So we did curbside. Then you had the full service where the not-then is just uh, an institution because yeah. you just have uh, and wine, no desserts. And that's more, it's, it's changed because now it's more of a tourist attraction. Most of the locals, it's very hard for them to get in there, and the locals had moved out. So we do have the suburban regimes where we have one in Metford, Mass. Well, it's not suburb. It's still out of the city. But Method has taken over. Uh, it's a sit-down restaurant. We, uh, we instituted some of the pasta dishes that we have from the Polcari family, and it's a sit-down, you have a bar. So what happens, it's like an extended family. So everyone comes in there. You may be sitting at the bar or sitting at a booth, you're talking, you have kids, you don't have kids, whatever you have, significant other. Everyone is friendly, and they're all buddies. And it's like extended family, but when they leave, they may not be friends, but there, that's how the environment is. And at the same time you can have takeout as well. So we try to do everything. We give a lunch, there's a dinner, there's afternoon people sit at the bar and they want a snack. There's late night. Uh there's there's um what we do is we have a lot of um some of the workers from like industry. So industry, so it's the place to come. They would come to us. What's better than coming to a regime is sitting at the bar eleven o'clock, you get out of work, you can get a slice. I'll get a small pizza and have a couple of cocktails and you're talking with everyone. So that's what we've been working on. So we have one in Medford and we have one in Austin. Austin one is more geared towards the college because just where it is. Right. So that's a two o'clock license. So you still have families coming in from Newton and Waltham and so on. But late night, then you get the students. So the students will start taking over, say ten, eleven o'clock at night, which is fine because you already did your business. So they come in, so you, you have to you have to give them things for them to come in. What do they want? They're like boneless wings. So, you know, we expand the menu to where we think it would work, you know? Yeah. And then again, we have the Pulkari restaurant. Right. So you have the Italian restaurants with the pizza place, with the Reginas as well. You know, so it's 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 different. It's just evolved. So do you over you, the years.
0: When you look at a market, do you say we want to be in that specific town? Okay, that town we think this style of restaurant will work there, or do you find a location and then do the demographic after that or how do you go into choosing where you're gonna open a store or a location and then what kind of location that's gonna be?
1: Well, what we have right now is based on the demographics that we have with our successful restaurants, we kind of cross uh we cross them together and look and see what what is the demographics, you know, w- what is the reason, you know, when do they come? What's the, you know, what are they, what are they, uh, they're living, you know, what is a male, female, so on and so forth. So we take the demos and we cross them over and then we look and say, okay, let's look uh, if it's five minute drive time or if you go out there a little bit, it may be five miles because it could be. Five miles if you're in New Hampshire. Five miles is nothing for someone to drive.
0: Right, but in Boston, but that's a lot. We try to
1: stay close. Right, yeah. that's a lot. So it could be a two minutes, three minutes. So we do the demos, we look, and then we look and we say, okay, what are the areas? And then we look at the areas. What we've done in the past, a lot of real estate agents would come to us and say, hey, we got a great spot here. We had, it was a restaurant, it was this, but the demos may not be there. So I'll give you, for instance, if we have we have this Polkari's restaurant. Pocari's restaurant is in Saugus. Friday night is a pizza night, okay? So Friday night's pizza, your takeout, the pizza, they come in. So families will come in. Maybe they order two large pizzas, nothing else. So your check average is a little bit lower. On a Saturday, they come in. Now it's dinner. You know, check average goes up. It's dinner. It's less pizza, so on. But the demos mean that if they come on Saturday, I look at those and we look at the demos. They may be coming from Linfield. They may be coming north. Of uh, Revere, okay? I mean, north of uh, uh, Yeah. If you look at Friday and someone's coming in on Friday, maybe pizzas, it could be coming from maybe not Linfield, but Lynn, maybe Revere, you know, so on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's different. So we kind of look at that. So it really lends itself that we really don't have to be in an A site. We can be in a B site where maybe a mile away, there may be A's. Mile below us could be less. So we're kind of fortunate in that area because we need both types right. of demos to be successful, you know, because it's different things. So it gives
0: you the flexibility to be able to say, hey, we have a restaurant. If you want to come visit us on Saturday night and sit down and eat with your family, you can do that. But right. if you're living maybe a little further away and you want a really good pizza to take home, we can do
1: that as well. Right. And we do curbside and we do curbside here as well. I mean, we go big takeout one thing we've done over the years uh in our restaurant and and this is something else is i've noticed that every time we open a restaurant i mean i'm you know you, you go x amount of sales but our uh take-home business is double digits it can run anywhere from 25 to 33 percent wow. of the total sales and that's unheard of because those things work pizza or chinese food but that pizza holds up well And it's funny because you see the person that comes in, they may not be here for the dinner, but they'll be the people for the pizza to take out, you know, then they may come in on a Friday night instead of having takeout, coming with the family. So it's like that. So it really, really fluctuates back and forth. But we offer everything. We do private parties. We do deliveries. I mean, we have two trucks. We have two pizza trucks, one pizza truck that we can deliver over 200. Another one is a small one with 100 and plus in the trucks, we have areas for cold station. So we can do salads, uh, different cold items. We can do appetizers. There's a lot of things that we do in our restaurants. Uh, we, we deliver. So we don't deliver to uh, mom and dad that, you know, order two pizzas. We do big companies. Right. So, so you like more... to do uh, things.
0: Yeah, you've built well, your reputation over so time. So that that's, yeah, gives you the yeah. flexibility to be able to say, hey, listen, we have a really good product, but you got to come get it.
1: Right. That's exactly right. And, you know, and I'll be honest with you, you know, the pizzas hold up well. But when you want a pizza and you want it really, when someone says to me, oh, I got your pizza. Okay. I wasn't very happy with it. So, you know, we, we, we take it very seriously. We have our, uh, all our social media. We have all our accounts. And we look at it every day. We have people looking. I need to know the reason. So I'll have a gentleman say, listen, I bought you, I got your pizza. But oh, it's not like what I remember. Okay. So, so tell me what happened. Well, I ordered the pizza. I told him I'd be there at five. Okay. I got there at six. Hmm. Okay. So now you got to look at that. Then I got there at six. I had a drink. Then I went home. My wife said, this pizza's no good. You know, so when I see that, I laugh to myself. I say, okay. So, but if someone says I ordered the pizza at five or was ready at five, I got it and it was soggy. Some, then, it's, then there's a concern. What what happened? The other way, you know, they stuck around. You know, yeah. you know people stick around. They leave it in their cars, so on and so forth. But we take it very seriously. But then you get the guests that would say, it doesn't taste like it used to. And I would say, okay. And I personally do. So I said, please, you know, I, I need the feedback. So tell me, well, you know, 25 years ago when I bought the pizza and I had it, it didn't taste. The I'm like, so I have to take it with a grain of salt. What does that mean? How do you remember 25 years ago? I can't remember 25 so days it, ago. Right. So it's a lot of give and take. Yeah. But we do everything. So you understand I have though. We make our dough. it doesn't go out. We can't use that dough until at least seven days old. It has to age. Wow, our cheese, our cheese, we do it twice a month that we have to order thousands and thousands of pounds, and we go to Great Lakes Cheese Company. They make it to our specifications, all right, to our parameters, and when it's done, that cheese is not used on that pizza until at least 21 to 22 days old that it has to age then we ship it out and the tomatoes we go to california and we do this every year at stanley's law a modesto county california and they grow the tomatoes us and they'll pick them and it's usually just around the end of august september they pick them they pack them and it's all done in one day so we do enough to last for the whole year And then it's aged and so on. So I mean, everything we do takes time. Yeah. And when you take time, it's money. So a lot of the other pizza places cannot do that. It does take, you know, it's money.
0: I know Regina. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Regina's has a commissary where
1: you make you all the dough in one place, right? Yes. Yes, we do have a commissary. (laughs) We make all our dough. We distribute all our dough and our cheese, and even our Romano cheese, which we have. Pecorino romano which kiss it
0: how many locations it's a nice flavor did you ever make the dough yeah. on premises or how many locations were you up to when you said hey we need to you know be able to make this well, in a bigger scale so we can keep it all consistent
1: well years ago let's let's put it this way when i was a kid myself and i worked in the reginas in the north end cuz i grew up at the north end so my mother kept me out of trouble <laughs> work. i never knew what it was i never knew what it was to have a friday or saturday night off since i was i was a kid so i've always worked so in the North End, Regina's, we had that. Then you got to think it was open in 1926. So 50 years later, that's when Quincy Market opened. So when Quincy Market opened, that was the biggest thing in Boston right. at that time. That's when we started making dough for Quincy Market in there. Then we had uh, Quincy Market. We had an upstairs and a downstairs. After we had those two plus the North End, then we we're opening the Carter Mall at that time, Downtown Crossing. Was baked, carnival. Then we said we have to get a commissary because there wasn't enough time in a day, you know what I mean? We couldn't do it, so it was more like you know, three locations, but it it wasn't even like you know, how many locations, it was the volume, right? And you know, how much can you physically
0: do, right? And if anybody's not familiar with Boston, space is definitely an issue in the city of Boston, like Quincy Market is old and. The original location okay. for Pizza Regina, like the streets are so narrow, it's it's hard to even walk and drive a car at the
1: same time by the street. That's exactly right. So we had to get a commissary at that point because it was about volume. So now you can do a commissary, start at four in the morning, five in the morning, until about four or five in the afternoon and make all the dough. Because the big part was we had to age it. You couldn't make it and use it. Right. So that's not to, what we do.
0: So you had to make it and be able to have a place to
1: store it for those seven days. Right absolutely so that was a big thing and that was something that we started way back when so over the years we had to change commissaries you know we would different and we had it as we grew as you know the the volume grew we had to grow and we had to grow with it and get more equipment and so on so now right now we're in uh woburn at cummings park in woburn and we have a big commissary there uh we manufacture all our dough so today's dough today's uh what's today tuesday that dough may not be – they'll probably start using that Monday. Wow.
0: And that's so whatever for – Whatever's
1: made today goes in.
0: And you make yeah. all the dough for every, every location there, even the ones that are out every of state? Location. Wow.
1: Yes, every one. So the only ones right now – so we have trucks that go down, which is uh, – we use uh, Costa Fruit. Yep. Costa Fruit delivers to the Foxwoods. They do all their produce, so they deliver the dough. The, the biggest, the hottest challenge is delivering the dough. Because when you deliver a rack of dough, that rack of dough may be 15 high, it's about 300 pounds, it's on a dolly. Everything has to be done on a, on a, on a truck. It has to have a tailgate, it has to go down, you have to roll it. And all those trays have to come back. So it, there's a backhauling situation. It's not like you could put something in paper and then they can uh, discard the paper. So there's, there's a lot of factors that we're still working with, but it works out the best. You know, the way we do it, and if you ever looked at uh some like a company like Papa John's, they were on the History Channel, one of those in their comps they do it the same way. Yeah. I mean, you have to have racks, you have to have trays, you have to have so on it. To have a quality product, you have to do it the right way. There's no shortcut to excellence.
0: And I think that's it's, what I always say. It helps with the consistency factor too. If you had seven locations and they're all making their own dough, how do you keep those consistent with each other?
1: That's right, because everyone turns around and you know what they say. Well, I know how to make dough. Hey, I'll give you—I'll give you an instant, just one little short story. Yeah. I digress a little bit. We had this this company that wanted to uh, have our pizza, and we said, "Okay, we'll bring the dough. We'll show them and what, what's going on." They—it was one of these, uh, you know, like you know, like uh, like an Aramark or something. You know, one of those companies that wanted to see what the dough. Was. So they looked and they said, "Whoa, this is great pizza and everything." And then they looked, they go, "Well, your dough is not right." So I said, What do you mean it's not right? <laughs> well, look, you got black spots. Yes, black spots mean that's when the dough is the best because now the yeast cells are dying. And when they die, then the dough cooks and it puffs and it's saying, Yeah, but everybody knows you can make dough and use it in an hour. I said, You're right. You can do whatever you want. But this is Regina's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you should do it this way. I said, Listen, with all due respect, I mean, whatever, you're in the business about five years. We've been in the business since 1926. If you want our dough, this is it. If you don't want the dough, you can go get it. So it's like everybody has an opinion of what the dough should be, you know? Right. You know, and it's all that, why do you do it this way? Well, that's that's how we do it, you know? And it's if obviously works for do you. It the right, right, it works. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the case. And it's, and it's not a bread dough. A lot of people talk about dough, they're bread doughs. This is a pizza dough. And to give you what it means, because it's got high gluten, If you take a dough ball and you buy it at any supermarket and you take that dough and you let it rise and you stretch, you made a hole, you can re-roll it and it stretches right out again. If you make a hole with our dough and you re-roll it, you're going to have to wait three, four, five hours for the relaxation that the gluten relaxes for you to stretch it out. You can never stretch it out. It's a pizza dough. Right. It's very, very hard. A lot of people do not make pizza dough. And if it is, then that's where you see a different quality. It's not like eating bomb bread or just bread. Right. No flavor to it.
0: Let me ask you a question because I know, I know you been talking. No, I love it. I love, yeah. I love the story behind Pizza Regina because I'm a huge fan. I, go, I love the pizza there. And I've, I think we talked before we started recording that I actually started making pizza at Pizza Regina way, 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 way a long time ago. Right. Back in my younger days. Um, now, how do, how do you – so you have so many locations. How do you actually find – this is a little bit of a turn here – How do you find employees to fill all of those spots? Because that that is overwhelming when you think about how many locations you have and all the spots you need to fill.
1: It is very difficult. It is very difficult. Over the years, uh, with all the restrictions that is happening with us, uh, it's been very difficult. The way I look at it is when we have, we need pizza makers. Pizza makers that work for us is like a trade. It's like someone who is a plumber electrician. And what they do all their lives, they make pizza. So you have to find some of these people that work at marin pa restaurants, or you may find a marin pa restaurant that's been in business and they've been doing it, and they turn around saying, "I make a week's pay, I can't pay the bills, I'm always struggling, and I'm working 100 hours a week, and it doesn't make ends meet." A lot of these individuals and in independents, especially now, they actually close. And, you know, and that's what we need to do now for us within, we try to train within, And we realize once some of the, some of the team members that come to work for us, a lot of them, it's very difficult today because they just want to make money. They want to have a quality of life, which is great. Right. They want to make a lot of money, but they want to be way on top first. So we try to teach them how to make the product. You have to have a passion. If you like making the product, then we will teach you, and we can see that. If you're just there just to say, "Oh, all I do is why do I have to stay here and get eleven, twelve bucks an hour when I can go eleven, twelve and sit at a computer," you know, and that's the challenge. But there are a lot of people, a lot of the people that have that like to work this type of an environment. It's difficult. I mean, if I go to an open up in Linfield. And I'm looking. Oh, I'm not going to advertise in the Linfield paper. I have to advertise in the other papers. Maybe in Lynn. Maybe in Revere. Maybe in East Boston. Maybe you know. You have to advertise in different areas because it's difficult. Right. Some of the malls, Marlboro. I can't get anyone to work in Marlboro. You know, we have the malls, so we have to bring people in from Worcester. They come in. They go. Well, I live in Clinton, Mass. Or I live in Berlin. I go Berlin. Well, you know, Berlin's the is between Marlboro and Berlin. It's on the line. Well, we don't do this, and but if they're interested in learning, then we can teach them. But they have to be interested. They're just there because, you know. And I and I don't mean to say, but Mummy and Daddy says you got to get a job because I'm paying your I'm paying your car payment. I'm paying this, so your job is to get your gas. You know, that's what happens. Right. You know. So you usually look. You usually uh, kind of hire from within,
0: so someone has to show a passion for making the pizza. Right. If they do that, right. then you're you trying to, show a to a do it.
1: passion. And you have to kind of train them. We, sw- we switch them around. I mean, the big challenges, I may have to say, someone that's working in Burlington Mall, listen, want to go up and work at Marlboro. Then you have to pay a premium. You have to give them something. You have to dangle something in front of them to make them go up there. You know, and it's very difficult. And especially today now, you know, with everything going on years ago was different, but, uh, you know, if, you know, you get people They I-9s, you have this, you have that, they're, they're great. And then <laughs> right. all of a sudden, a year later, something says, oh, this is wrong. And then you question, say, hey, uh, Peter, this is wrong. I got to check this out. Guess what? He doesn't show up the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what, the, what happened here? Right. It, I, it, it's hard. That, that's the a, industry is hard. Yeah,
0: that's a huge problem. And I get a ton of questions about hiring people. And I know that you have a lot of locations and a lot of employees. How many employees are you up to now?
1: What probably probably is- 600 I would think that's crazy probably about six yeah six six a little bit more than 600 and the other part of that is uh you know by having that you know you have a lot that it may be their second or third job especially today yep uh some of these people you know they have to work two or three jobs and everybody fights because I got someone that says well I can work for you Monday Tuesday and Wednesday and I go I don't need you Monday Tuesday and Wednesday I need you Friday Saturday and Sunday that's when you're busy. Well, I got to work at the other restaurant. So that's where everyone is combating each other. So what do they do? They start passing out, okay, I'll give you a dollar more an hour. I'll give right. you $2 an hour. And everybody does that, and they don't realize they're hurting themselves. If the industry as a whole, you know, decide and say, okay, this is it. This is what you can do. You know, let's think about it, and we share, and you know, if we can share team members, it would be great. Because there's restaurants that are very busy on Friday day, but Friday nights it may not be. Some restaurants, a lot of them, majority Friday nights, Friday days aren't, you know. So there's ways you try to share. But being involved in the restaurant industry and then you have a lot of contacts, that's what we do at other restaurants. Hey, you got somebody? there? Yeah, I got somebody. You know, what do you think? Because they just bounce from restaurant to restaurant. Right. So you, you want to help your fellow restaurateurs, you know, and say, hey, watch out for the spirit. Good person, but you got to put your thumb on it. Right. right. That means if you want the job then you got to put your thumb. Yeah, you willing to do it? If I can't do it then. I wouldn't advise, you know?
0: Yep, it doesn't sound like, it, doesn't sound like it bothers you that much. You've been working for Gina for a long time. It feels like, you know what, you just, you've just you come to realize that that's just part of the, the job of being in the restaurant business.
1: Right, and the other thing is that that's what it is and most of our managers and people. One thing about our company, we have longevity. We have a lot of people that have been with us and I think the least amount of a manager, maybe 10, 12 years, it's unheard of. We got people working for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. A lot of people just keep A lot of these people just keep bouncing around. So you got a lot of the people that really enjoy it. And then what I tell them, like even like, you know, my son, my son worked for us. Uh, He did his thing, but he's a personal trainer. He has his own business. I said, Anthony, and he's an Anthony too. I said, Hey, what you can do is listen, you got your own personal thing. That's your, that's your money. When you work for us and you can say, hey, I can work a Friday or a Saturday or overnight or something, that's your ice cream money, I call it. Right. So that's the other way we do it. We look for these people that have worked for us for years, and now they're on to their main job. They got Monday through Friday. They make some money. Now they're like, oh, you know, I think I'm going to make a few extra bucks because my daughter, my son's going to this college. Oh, I just want to get out of the house. And you put them on. And, you know, they, they work five, six, seven hours. You give them a, a decent Decent wage, they do it, they know what it is. That's what we end up doing.
0: And you get free slices when you work there too. I remember that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They (laughs) they take pizza home.
1: Yeah. My wife's upset, take the pizza home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you, let me ask you one last question for me and then I'll let you go. Because I know I've got you on the phone for a long time. When it comes to social media marketing, I see you guys are all over every social network. When did you realize that that was important and what's your plan for that moving forward?
1: Well, actually, we have East Coast Associates. Yep. I don't know if you know East Coast of Souls, Christina Chamora, and Stu Thompson. Yeah, They've been with us for over 20, 20-something years. Wow, uh, They're up on everything. So they've been our marketing people for about 20, 25 years. And about 10 years ago in the social media we started, you know, way back we were talking about social media, what was going to happen. We even talked about the time where you have the little, the scan. Remember you had the little scan? The QR code? Dance, QR code. Yeah. Back then, we were way ahead of the curve. And we did that with them because they're knowledgeable. They they, they did that. And by listening and and paying attention to what they were saying, we're up to it. So now we actually monitor our social media where we have actually someone on it. So if something happens on a Yelp or TripAdvisor, something that's whatever it is, boom, we get it instantaneously. And we have to react to it. You know, I just had a thing where we had a... And one of our uh, I got it yesterday, and it was funny where someone said, "Well, we saw an employee doing this, this, and that and and then they took a picture and they put it all over social media, and I'm like, man, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> we had a call, find out, and we come to find the employee the employee goes no i i I'm a delivery driver. I drive, and I wasn't doing this I wasn't doing that and at that time, I was off the clock and then we go back and check and look see when." This had happened, and that he had punched out or she punched out. When they punch out, they're on their own. You do what you want to do. Right. So the only thing I say to them is, hey, when you're off the clock, take the shirt off. Take your hat off, whatever you have, <laughs> and go do, you know, you don't want to sit in a bar and drink, and you have the shirt and hat on, and people are going, oh, look at this. That is where it's dangerous. Right. You know, it's always dangerous. There's always two sides, you know. But we deal with it, and yeah. we have professional people to answer and you know, take care of the situation.
0: I always, I always tell people you have to be careful because you know, 15, 20 years ago, if a customer had a bad experience, they'd tell five people that they know. Now right. that same person can go home and tell thousands of people on the Internet.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. One thing we do do, and I'll tell you, because going back about, uh, I say about 10 years ago, and that was the time we for, we're, were celebrating 10 years on this method site. We were one of the first ones in that uh, complex. About 10 years ago, with the complex was being built, we were already there. They had apartments and condos and whatnot. So someone had ordered a pizza, and then they said, Oh, we found, we opened the box, and we found the critter in the box. A critter? What are you talking about? They said there was a mouse running in the box. I said, What are you talking about, a mouse running in the box? Apparently, they had purchased a pizza. Now, I knew this was untrue because what we do is every pizza, every whole pizza we serve, before you even take it, it's open. And everyone on our restaurant, how is this? Is this to your liking? We have to show it. It's right. part of our policy. So I knew that. So then come to find the guy who goes, yeah, you know, my girlfriend was a little upset, but, you know. We had the pizza. We brought it up. They were doing work in the apartment. Then we came home, and then we opened it. Went, well, and that's what it is, <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> they're doing work. So they left it. It was closed. So part of it, and I'm glad we did it, we show. We show the pizzas. Now, a lot of the guests turn around. They say, oh, no, I know it's good. No, no, you have to see it. We open every box. If you're ordering five, you're ordering one, you're ordering ten, we always show the product so they don't say, is it to your liking? Is it cooked right? Is it too light? Is it too? Because you get too many complaints on the phone where people say, it's doughy, it's white, it wasn't to my liking. So you have to show it. Just like someone has a steak, cut into it. How is that?
0: Right. <laughs> you know, you got yeah,
1: to do that. Yeah, because
0: you, you have a product that it's not on a conveyor belt oven, it's in a brick oven. So it's, right. it's, it's, it's not ex- an exact science. You don't take it out at exactly the same point at every single pizza. You got to look at it and see how right. it's cooking.
1: Right. And the thing is, we're one of the only ones that can make it to, to your likeness. We tell you, tell us how you want it. You want it light cooked? You want it white? You want it doughy? You want it crisp. We can do it because we maneuver in the ovens And a conveyor belt, it just comes out one style. Right. You want it well done. You want it double well. Whatever way you want it, we're one of the few that can do that on our, on high volume as well. You know?
0: Right. Well, Anthony... I appreciate you taking the time out. That was a great story. I really enjoyed talking to you today. And I'm a huge cool. fan of Pizza Regina. So thank you. Thank uh, you,
1: Bruce. And anytime I can help you, please call me. Come to any one of our restaurants. Uh, you have my number. Let me know if you ever have to get in someplace. Sometimes just give me a call. Yeah, cool. Okay, I wanna, I'm going to do
0: a live show from one of your restaurants someday. So we'll, we'll set that up in the next few months.
1: All right. Sounds good, Bruce. And you take care. All right. You okay, too, Andy. Thanks, thank thanks so you much. much.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I just want to give a special thank you to Anthony for joining me on the show. I know he's a busy guy. They have a lot of restaurants and a lot of employees, and they have a lot going on. So for him to take 40 minutes out of his day to join me and talk about his business is great. Uh, And like we mentioned at the end of that episode, we're going to be doing a lot of these live shows. I want to do one live show a month on the road. So if you're interested, shoot me an email, bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com. On Tuesday nights, we do our live show at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Maybe we'll do it from your shop. I'm going to be doing a lot of conferences coming up in the next uh, few months, a lot of traveling. Uh, we're going to be going to a lot of places. I'm going to LA, Las Vegas, Orlando, Atlanta. So If you're in one of those areas, shoot me an email, Bruce at bruce.smartpizzamarketing.com, or if you're not even in one of those areas, maybe you're in Boston or New Hampshire or New York, uh, maybe we'll do a live show from your place. So Go shoot me an email. Let me know a little bit about yourself and your business, and we'll put you on the list when we're in the area. We'll come by and do that. Okay, our mastermind group, go check that out. Also, our zip code marketing, it's our digital marketing platform specific for pizzerias. I mean, listen, there's a lot of places out there that can help you do your digital marketing, build your website, and do social media, but we are the only ones who are specific for pizzerias. And not just that, we just work with pizzerias. We are former pizzeria operators, and we talk with and work with pizzeria operators every day, spending thousands of dollars on ads, so we really know what works and what moves the needle. So if you're looking for uh, help with your digital marketing, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, email, uh, even a little bit of Twitter maybe, maybe, and definitely your website, uh, go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip, see if your zip code is available. We only work with one zip code per location, uh, one location per zip code rather for now. So uh, you, you really have to either reserve your zip code or maybe it's not even available and it's too late. We're already in your market. So, Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip to see if that is available. Don't forget our newsletter too. Uh, This is really a great newsletter. I really am proud of this. We send out our best information, the best marketing articles, our best podcast episodes, reminders of our live shows, our webinars that we do. It's really value-packed email. If you're in the pizza or restaurant business, you should definitely sign up for this email. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash email. Easy sign up for there. We don't really sell too much in there. It's more just value-packed email, all the articles that we find that are helpful, things that we learn from. You know, social media changes on a daily basis, and you really have to stay up to date with what's happening with Facebook or Instagram. I mean, these platforms come up with new uh, new uh, things inside of the platform every single day. And if you're not keeping up to date, you're going to miss out, and you're going to be left behind. So go go check out that email. Again, that was smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash email. And that's it. I'm on Twitter at Irving Media. Come say hello to me there. If Instagram is better for you, I am at Smart Pizza Marketing. Go follow me there for the behind the scenes and on Snapchat too. No, I've been slacking on Snapchat lately. I've just been super busy with working with clients and all the stuff we have coming up. Tons of great stuff coming up in the future. I really think you guys are going to love the show in 2017. So go find me on Snapchat at Smart Pizza Tips. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out listening to the show. If you are going to be at the Pizza Expo, which is happening in a few weeks, email me. I want to meet up with a bunch of you. I've gotten a lot of emails and messages on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter about asking me if I'm going to the Pizza Expo, and I am going to the Pizza Expo this year. I'm going to be in and out Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday a little. Uh, So If you want to meet up, maybe we could do a smart pizza marketing meetup. Shoot me an email if you're interested in that or if you're going. Let me know when you're going, where you're going to be hanging out, And uh, I can come say hello. Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com for that. All right, guys, go have a tremendous week. Kick butt, listen to the show, take some of these things out and go implement in your business and go do great things. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thanks.